Cheers or we're, you know, we've we are, gotten better. <laughs> we're, well, we're live right now. So <laughs> what's <laughs> up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the Mongols show sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds lost one nothing to Charlotte in the grand reopening of Highmark Stadium, and we're going to break it all down. But first, Josh, you were there. Let's talk. Let's talk about the atmosphere, man. Because we're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk a lot about the game. But what was it like to be back in the parking lot and then in the stand, in the Paul Child stands at Highmark Stadium? Yeah, it was fantastic. It was like so. I was saying earlier, like afterwards, we're driving back. It's Liz and Kyle, uh, the vice president of the SEAL Army, and me. We're just driving back, uh, and it's, it's just dawned on me. I was like it felt weird that it didn't feel weird. Like being in the stands being like, it's almost like you could forget in the moment that you had not done this for a year. Like it's been, it felt like just like the off season happened and like last year didn't exist. So it was that in that aspect, it felt like just great and normal, which is why it felt weird is because like you afterwards, you're like, wait a second. Oh yeah, this is not normal. Like this is like <laughs> it's been a while. So yeah, and, and the tailgate we didn't really have like a a full on tailgate, so it wasn't like we were cooking and like you know on the grill or anything like that. But it was nice just to see everyone in the parking lot and kind of just hanging out, talking, and just catching up with everyone. Uh, so yeah, it was fantastic to be back. It, if it wasn't for the result on the field, I think you know that would have been one of my favorite games <laughs> i've been to uh but unfortunately there was also a game that we have to talk about <laughs> yeah i mean it looked like at least from all the camera angles it looked like the steel army was bumping um i'm guessing in terms of if the team would have scored was there smoke or no smoke i totally there missed was that. yeah there actually was and like we were talking about i feel like if we were still having a situation where everyone was wearing masks probably shouldn't have done smoke Personally, I don't think so, at least because, yeah. like, I can't imagine getting the smoke in your mask and, like, you have that smell with you the rest of the game. That would have sucked. Yeah. So <laughs> so maybe if we had masks on, like, it wouldn't have been. But since they lifted the mask policy for vaccinated uh, patrons, uh, yeah, it. we were like, okay, we can do it. And, like, they were cool with us doing it. We have all the paperwork done where we have uh, – the, the certain people who are allowed to left smoke and all that kind of stuff with the front office. So yeah, it, it, it could have happened, but it did not happen. Unfortunately. I will say that it was one thing where even my wife, you know, who will like watch games, but she's not really into it. She walked into the room and she could hear the steel army. And she just said, it's really nice to hear the steel army. Like it, like to actually hear people in the stands again, you never think that you'd appreciate it until you miss it for so long. And then it comes back and it was like, oh, yes, that's, yeah. that's amazing. We had a TIFO. Uh, we had a three-piece TIFO that we were able to do. Um, it actually was from the 1920s. It was a saying that was on the side of, I can't remember next to the railroad tracks, but I can't remember. That's everywhere in Pittsburgh. But it was, yeah, what I do for myself is in what I do for my family is duty. And what I do for Pittsburgh is unselfish, patriotic, and 100% Yinzer. The original sign didn't say Yinzer, but you know, yeah. we added that in there. Yeah. So it was yeah. good. It, it felt great. Good. Good, good. Well, now that we got that sort of under our belt, hopefully what we get more restrictions that should be lifting soon. Yeah, um, they uh, have regular game tickets on sale starting today. Uh, so it's no longer just like, you know, the season ticket holders only or anything like that. They're expanding capacity. They haven't said the number for sure, I don't think, but today was the beginning of like if you just want to buy a ticket you can just buy a ticket now 
Yeah. And our next home game will be not this upcoming Sunday, but the following Sunday against Austin Bold, um, which should be another good match. So that is, you know, if you if you don't have your ticket yet, there's your cue. Go get a ticket for that game and get down there um, and get back to some some sense of normalcy. Um, guys, real quick before we get into the game, I just want to touch base. The Premier League has officially ended. That was sort of our like you know, the band-aid to help us get through the off season with the piped in crowd mute noise and all of that. There were some fans the last few games. Kev, after all of the, uh, the woes, Liverpool ended up finishing third. So congrats, I guess. I don't know. Um, Josh Everton was at 10th and Villa was at 11th. So uh, uh, I don't know if you saw the game or saw any of that game for uh, Everton. It was like five to zero or something like that it was terrible i'm i didn't watch the second half after the first half we're like oh we have to go darn so <laughs> only caught the first half of that game yeah um and it just makes me disappointed that jack Grealish was out for so long because he came back and we beat tottenham and then chelsea in the last game when chelsea needed the win until like the last 15 minutes otherwise they weren't gonna be in a european spot so like high host villa next season um so yeah, that's your Premier League catch-up. Guys, the Hounds lost one nothing to a 10-man Charlotte. Um, I, I mean, if we get into takeaways, for me, the man of the match was Vidiello. And when your team loses and your man of your match is your keeper, that's probably not a good sign. So... Uh, I just yeah. want to second that because like uh, he had some fantastic saves that first half and he was right in front of the steel army and yeah, just watching some of those saves, the double save he had uh, near the beginning. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, for sure. The, the, the leapfrog sort of jump two handed punch and then the fallback on the second save was really, really good. So did you just put up a comment by yourself made on Twitter? No, that, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't tweet while we do the show. Kevin. That, you know, that would be a next level like production. Like, just, <laughs> it didn't no. help that I said it's awesome as soon as it popped up and I didn't notice <laughs> it. Like I just looked at it. I'm like, why are you showing what I just said? <laughs> no, shout out to Mike with the Apple logo next to his name on Twitter who put up it was awesome. So sure, uh, Mike, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> okay. All right. Kevin, what what was one of your takeaways? Nope. Stop drinking. You're not allowed to drink. What was your takeaways from this game? Well, I guess going back to the VTLO stuff, um, uh, someone posted the, um, and I think the Mongols account retweeted it or something, so maybe you know exactly who it was, but someone posted like the XG for yeah. this game. That was and, our buddy John from uh, USL Tactics. Okay, there, yeah, there. Um, and what, I think with the XG for us was two and the XG for them was one. And so like... Yeah, that, that was a really interesting... It, I had a certain emotional reaction to this game, and then I saw those stats, and it kind of made me go back and, and kind of reassess the game and watch the highlights again and watch watch some clips and, and kind of think about it in a more deep way. Um, and at least from there, okay, look, yeah, stats aren't everything. You know, they're, they're there to just maybe provide supporting, um, I don't know, evidence and ways of thinking about the game based off of what we've seen with our eyes. It did seem like, you know, VTL made a bunch of great saves. The stats would suggest that they were saves he should have made in like in general, just from the expected goal tallies and counts. Um, 
and I think all of that gets kind of amped up by the crowd being there for the first time, by like by, by being the, like the the season opener and um and you know I don't know Charlotte being the way Charlotte is and having their bench react the way they do and um I think they 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 look like they're better saves than they are in my opinion um and so while he did seem busy like I don't know the whole like double save he made one save and then backtracked and it was like rolled into his chest. Like I wasn't like, I don't I think the commentators made, made a point about like, he made two double saves now. It, no, like they weren't two double saves for me at least. Um, I'm, I'm still, go ahead, Josh. All right. Okay. One, come on. That was a good double save. I'm just saying it was, <laughs> it was good saving. Like it, it, it could have been much worse. That game could have been easily way out of hand after that first half. If it wasn't for video yellow. Um, but second off, I'm all, I'm kind of new to the whole XG thing. Like I I don't even know anything about this. What is XG? How's that work? Because I'm sure a lot of people saw that. They're like, mm, yeah, cool XG. Like I don't freaking know. So can you explain right. what XG is and how it works? From my understanding, so it's it's an understanding that like okay, when it takes into account where the shot is being taken, like how many opposition players are between you and the shot, it takes into put like it takes into account the goalkeeper position. And it looks across like all other scenarios across all other teams in the league and does this kind of calculation and says, okay, what percentage of time does a shot taken in this location on the field with this many people in front, like in front of you and so, you know, so on and so forth, how many times does that go in for, like, for a normal average USL player? And then it kind of just tallies that up. Um, so it, it, it's, it's a way to say like on average, you know, yeah, with all the shots taken in the places that they were taken, Charlotte on average, when you take into account all other games, I don't know, maybe it's like, I'm sure they go back in time somewhat. Um, you know, they should have scored one goal. Um, so when this game was 2.05 uh, versus 1.09, uh, mm-hmm. so Riverhounds had two points. So we should have had 2.5 goals or 05 yeah. goals. Is that what that means? Okay. Yeah. They're like, oh, should have like in yeah like in those scenarios yeah. where we have shot you know and where we took the the shooting positions you know on average they tally all that up and calculate it and yeah it, okay it cool turns out, I, yeah. yeah i had no clue i've never even seen that before so yeah yeah it's like it's part of this like yeah new wave of data analytics and in, in soccer and there's a bunch of numbers and a, a, a lot of it it is and I'm, i didn't i'm sure i didn't help it there but some of it it's it's like it, it, it doesn't get communicated well, and yeah, it, it kind of uh, separates communities a little bit, and it shouldn't be that way. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. That was my only point around Vitiello. He's, and, but I think the other thing too, he's a he was the Golden Glove winner last year. He's a very good keeper, and maybe I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, like that's. I'm just. That's I'm level. still waiting for the video of uh, you know him taking shots on you because that has <laughs> to happen now. Like when you come in, that's gotta happen, and we'll, then we'll just that'll that'll be it. We won't hear you say anything about Vidiello from that on out. So, yeah, um, It'd be great. No, I mean, like, look, I when the game was over, I think I said to you guys in chat that I wish I could bottle how I was feeling in that moment and just bring it to this episode. But of course, after two days, and this is why we do it this way, is so that it's not gut reaction. And, oh, Liz wanted us to specifically apologize because she did record a full 90 using a new audio 
recording tool, but then we couldn't upload the audio. So we're going to get that worked out before the next one. So we will have immediate reactions for the full 90 for the next home game. Um, and we'll go from there. But when that game was over, the only thing that was going through my mind was I just watched the worst game in the Bob Lilly era that the Hounds have played. Now, the weird thing, and we were talking about this off air, is if you go back and you look at the stats, the stats don't necessarily bore that out. And like when I was talking to our buddy, it's John, in the context though of Charlotte going down to 10 men on 65 too. There, so, there there's fair. part yeah. of that there too. Yes. But, um, you know, I was talking to our buddy, John from USL tactics, who I tried to get on the show tonight. He had a, a scheduling conflict, but we will have him back on. We had him on in the off season. Um, it's look, it's three games in. So like, I don't think anybody is panicking at this point, but his, his notion was that, you know, the defense still has plenty of time to gel. There were a couple of things that the offense was doing well in transition and we're like half a step away from this game being two to one or three to one hounds. And then are we having the same conversation? I think my argument would be that I saw enough on the field, regardless of the scoreline that I would be concerned. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Like Josh, what was your take from, you know, in the stands, what you saw? I mean, it did not feel like a good game at all. And I feel like I'm getting gaslit by everyone <laughs> afterwards because like I, after the game, I remember thinking like, that was terrible. That was horrendous. Like, I can't believe we, we still can't beat them, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like looking up like history of like home openers. Cause I feel like it's like, Oh, we just suck at home at the beginning of the season. What's going on. And then like, I see the press conference with Lily and he's like, that's the best game we've had all season. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like you. <laughs> Uh, and then I, you know, like John from, uh, of USL tactics, him saying like, you know, oh yeah, this is what like could have happened. This looked like, you know, this, these sh opportunities were great. Only one defensive error. And that's why, you know, they got a goal on a header, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, I was all ready to be upset. And like, you know, I I'm, I'm going to smash that button. I was like, oh, panic done. <laughs> <laughs> and then like within 24 hours, it's like, I guess like and I, I went back and watched some of the game again i couldn't catch the whole game but yeah it, it's not panic i get it and it's only three games in and looking at our history of three games in uh throughout the last like you know 10 years or five years or whatever it it's not as bad it's well yeah. oh, hold on like because okay. you actually pulled up these stats earlier if we're yeah. just looking it's three games like i know everybody's gonna go it's only three i get it but if we look back in the Bob Lilly era, starting in 2018. In our first three games in 2018, we had five points. First three games in 2019, we had two points. First three games in 2020, we had seven points. This year, we have one point. And for those of you who watched sort of our last show before the season started, Liz said, I think we're gonna have six points after the first five games. And I think all of us were like, you are crazy. And uh, not <laughs> Kevin's like, I'm never optimistic. You but, here's, <laughs> but here's the thing. We're sitting on one point. We've got two games left. We're going to go play New York Red Bulls on Friday and then travel to Loudon next Wednesday. Short of us getting two wins there, we're not going to hit six points after our first five games. And is that okay? Okay. Counterpoint. What year did we only have two points within the first three games? That was 2019. What year did we get first in our conference? 
2019. Yeah, it, it, it's really hard to be like, oh man, this is really worrying. Like freaking, we we're one point below what we had in 2019. In 2019, we got first in conference. It's not exactly like the panic button needs to be pushed, but right. there's definitely issues. Like I don't think anyone's like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like there's issues, but it's definitely not gloom and doom right now. So in terms of what we think needs to be fixed, like if if we are to sort of turn the page, it sounds like we all sort of saw things, although Kev, I didn't give you a chance to talk. It sounds like we all sort of saw things that we weren't thrilled with. So what would we like to see change that we think will help to get us on that front foot and start getting some points? Kev? I, it felt like we were still i mean and i don't know it it this goes back to like the timing like the the time to gel or whatever um but it felt like all the players still had to kind of think their way through the games and it wasn't coming natural link up play wasn't happening natural um well hold on i think that the attempt for the link up play was there the passes were all just half a step short like it felt like we would know. try to do stuff and then Charlotte would jump in and intercept because the ball was just a little too far behind or a little too far ahead. It felt like a lot of, I guess, I don't know. It felt like a lot of times to me at least, and this is my general kind of, uh, one of my worries is it, it feels like I'm, the fact that Forbes wasn't in the lineup, I, I think we, we were, we, we were hoping and, and I think they still have the ability to, they just, didn't necessarily show it against Charlotte. It felt like that midfield after 20 minutes was, for me, just very workmanlike. And you know, I want I, I like Danny Griffin a lot. I think he's a very good like box to box midfielder, but he doesn't have Mike. You were mentioning like maybe he's going to step up and kind of fill that like you know playmaking role that Kenny has. To me, I mean, he didn't show it uh, against Charlotte. I don't think anyone showed it against Charlotte, and it, and it at times it felt like it was too, sent, like you know, it was too much. Like the back line was just playing long balls up to to Cicerone and Dequa, and they had to fight for it and scrap. And um, and then we would get moments where, you know, all it's I don't know, it just kind of felt like in the in the in the times where we created chances in the game we just like happened to be around their box it didn't feel like there was a nice kind of build-up play where we put ourselves in positions for that it's just i don't know i it, that, i think that's that's my worry is right now it there, I, I don't see a lot of good i don't know link link up play between a lot of the players so i don't disagree with you at all on that but i would also counter with how much of that build-up play did we see last season with the hounds which again, we were all sort of like, I don't know. There was a lot of like long balls over the top to Duba, who then you know either does something with it, or you have Dequa streaking in, or Mensa. Yeah, no, I mean that could be reasonable. I guess I just maybe I I saw it a bit more when when Kenny was on the field, and and this is probably I'm I'm going back with probably like you know tinted uh, hindsight glasses of just like, well, Kenny was playing. So it was probably better. Like, well, I, that, I don't remember. Hold on, that, that leads into a question from burger brand. Would we have won if Kenny was playing or at least look better? I feel like with or without, we didn't play well. I don't think like there were a couple people that made the comments online where it was like, Oh, you really missed your boy Kenny today. I don't think Kenny would have been the deciding factor in this game. I, I disagree. So. I, I disagree. I think if we had Kenny on the like. 
if the question is, would we have played better better with Kenny? I think the, the answer is always yes. Like I don't think well, it matters. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah like, I don't disagree with that. Like he's starting for a reason. He's our, you know, like captain. Like it, he's gonna be there for a reason, and we would have played better. I now, how much of a difference? Okay, would we have won without him? Let's say that. Um, I think it's very possible. I'm mean, like, I don't know what kind of creativity we would have had in the midfield if he would have been there uh, versus what we had here. And going a little bit back to what you were saying about last year and how we didn't really have build up out of the middle and like, you know, like it felt like we were just, you know, dumping the ball forward and, and praying. That's kind of the the forwards we had that year were the bigger forwards, the the ones that could demand, like get the headers and, and kind of like just be more forceful up top. Whereas this year they're, you know, Lily has said he's making considered effort to have more finesse players up top and more of that build up play. So like, yeah, it was different last year, but that's because that was the plan last year. That's not the plan this year. Like we don't have the clientele up front to do what we did last year. I, th- I think he would have, sh- I think Kenny would have shined, shined, shown, shined um, a lot more to shine. did shine did. Okay. <laughs> shine did uh, a lot more when Charlotte went down to 10 men too, because that that's, that's the moment where, especially them being one up, um, you know, they didn't, no, they didn't really threaten again after they got the red card. And yeah, to to have someone on the field with his level of creativity and technical skill to pick up the pass and even just some set pieces too. Although I think Cicerone's delivery was pretty good on on a lot of the set pieces. Um, Yeah. I think that was tough. And I, and I think it it was made a bit, a bit more difficult where, no, I was gonna say Velarde. I'm I'm not really convinced by his, like by by his ability to kind of fill that role either. I was gonna say it wasn't helped when Velarde was subbed out for Williamson because it felt like he, if anyone, he was gonna be the midfield creativity that kind of unlocks something. I'll listen. Um, I'll make the argument. I think Perez stepped in and did a good job, and I think Perez is start worthy moving forward. Um, if we're looking for some creativity, he just seemed especially towards the end of the game, the passes he was delivering, he seemed calm on the ball. Like, I don't know if it's just the fact that he's a rookie. And so they, Bob's trying to ease him into it or what, but I, I think he could fill those shoes, but go ahead. Continue your thoughts. No, I guess, I, I, I guess my thought, like a, a more general point um, to kind of take a step back and, and maybe digress a bit. I think the reason why, I mean, Josh, going back to like you feeling gaslit through, through all this stuff, I totally empathize and get where that's coming from because I think, okay, so like first home game after a year of not being in stands, you know, after a year and like there was so much occasion and so much build up to like, all right, we're back in, we're home. You know, we have all these great players coming in. We're going to go in. We're ta- we, we haven't, you know, won a game so far. This is the game we're going to win. And um, and then to, in in my opinion, at least at the beginning, start a little flat. Charlotte goes down to 10 men. You're thinking, this is perfect, right? Like everything's set up and you still can't score. I think it's just everything around it just felt like, very, like oh, come on. Like, and and I think that was the feeling around it, even though, you know, I think Cicerone has has like the shot uh, on like in, inside the 18 coming off the right with his left foot that, you know, he he gets good contact with and go and the keeper just makes a good save. And um, 
you know, there are one, one or two others where, you know, we did well, but yeah, I think that was, that was the reason why it felt bad. And in the moment, I also remember thinking, cause I think that like the last 10 minutes of the game at this point, you know, Charlotte was down to 10 men since what, like they got like 65th minute or something. Yeah. 66. Yeah. yeah. And in the last 10 minutes of the game, like I didn't think we were going to score at all. Like it would, it looked so flat and we weren't creating any chances. And that was the most frustrating part is, you know, yeah, we want to see some momentum. The fans are in the back of the stadium. We're down to 10 men. We have to attack. We have to create chances. And we just weren't creating chances. And that was really frustrating. Look, the, um, the announcers who were not Gene, Paul, or Matt, um, which we I think we've discussed on the show here, um, they, were, they were literally laughing that the Hounds could not connect passes, like yeah. on the feed in the last 10 minutes. Oh. And it was just like... Great. Thanks. Thanks, USL. You guys are the best. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, it also didn't help that, like, I felt like, especially near the end there, and we're, we're all out blitz attack, like, we have to get this goal, we have to get this goal. I felt like too many times, instead of going towards goal, we passed it to the sides and, like, or back. And, like, no one, it didn't feel like anyone was hungry for a goal. It felt like everyone was afraid of mistake, making a mistake and missing a goal. I agree. It, we played afraid again. And I yep. feel like that's what's happening a lot is we're playing afraid and we're not taking those chances. And instead of trying to be greedy, like, you know, a forward should be, <laughs> let's be like, you know, you kind of need your forwards to be greedy. A lot of times it's like, mm, maybe not, maybe I, I'll pass it back. Cause maybe you'll have a better shot. It's like, mm, like go for it. Especially when yeah. you're in the box and like, yeah, it was just too many, op- too many opportunities to actually take a shot. We're just left and like abandoned. Let me ask you this. I don't know if you guys, I know, Josh, you tend to read the agenda. Kev, not so much. Um, But if you had to guess how many shots we had in this game, take a guess. Is it single digits? Is it low double digits? I looked it up before. Oh, did you? Josh, (laughs) did you look? Yeah, yeah, sorry. We had 18 (laughs) shots in this game. Like, 18. I was like, what? Like, Mind blown because now granted only five of those were on target, but like, (laughs) but like they, they counted 18 shots in this game. And like, to me, I was like, what, where did that happen? Cause I totally missed that. So I don't know. But I mean, that's like, I think a lot of it was like, I I remember one in particular. Um, Was it from, it might've been from Williams. Um, who is like 30, 35 yards out and he just takes a shot. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, don't like, I don't know. Unless you're, unless you're banging those in at training, like consistently, like, or it's I, like I just, the dying moments of the game or whatever. Yeah. But th- I mean, there were more opportunities though. And but I'm thinking that what happened was those opportunities that I was talking about where they were not being greedy, they were passing it back. And then when they passed it back, it's like, okay, I guess I'll take the shot. But now everyone's back there and right. there's no room. Yeah. Um, let me let me clarify what I said there, because uh, Adam pointed it out uh, in the chat that there were a lot of long shots from outside the box. Those 18 shots were inside the box. We had 21 shots total. So 18 inside the box and only five on target. So it's just. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know. I, I So, OK, so based on all of this. Um, and I don't know if there's other things you guys want to talk about as it relates to this game, but based on everything yes. that we've just talked, okay. Based on everything that we just talked about, do you feel better and sort of, um, 
more assured about this team potentially moving in the right direction heading into the game on Friday? Or are you still feeling more like you did as soon as the game was over when you're like, oh, like, what are we going to do to fix this? I I feel exactly the way I did last week. And so that's kind of like... Like after this game or after the Hartford game? No, after, after the Hartford game, like... Where so now, like, okay. now you gotta say what that is. Yeah, how did you? Feel I, I mean, I guess I like I wanted to see. Just I don't know. I wanted. I I didn't. I don't feel like I saw progression against Charlotte, and I think that was okay. the frustrating thing. Where I think we we hit levels that we've already seen, and sure that created some chances, but we really didn't look that great, and we really didn't put in a complete performance, and I mean, yeah, I guess I mean the the this. The potential elephant in the room, I mean, going back to the XG stats and everything, the expected goals stuff um, from Charlotte having only one, like, I guess we did defend pretty well. Like, Charlotte, re- I mean, well, I don't know. You guys are saying VTL is the, the man of the match with his a million double saves. Um, but Listen, I think, uh, <laughs> I think... I think there's a lot that the defense needs to do. I think the only the only defender that I've been impressed with at this point is Killwine. I think that there's a lot of there was another communication error that happened in this game where see, it was I like don't, I, everyone keeps saying I don't I didn't see a communication error. I honestly thought Bar and this is what I wanted to talk about. I thought Wharton was not great for Charlotte's goal, um, but Bar Wharton like not closing down the pass. I thought it was just a well-worked goal from Charlotte. Like I didn't really see anything wrong with it. Yeah, I, there was a lot of standing around and there was a lot of not tracking back. Um, so it was a good goal. I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't a good goal, but it was also made possible because we were somewhat lazy. There was a lot of standing around in this game. That was like yeah. my thought. Like when it came time to like make passes, you would see guys look up and they'd be like, "I there's nobody, nobody's moving, like move. And I honestly don't know if that's like, I don't, I don't, like I don't know. It's like they don't need. Like they had preseason, right? Like, is yeah, this just their preseason. level? <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah. I was like, is this just their level? Like, are are they going to get in a in better fitness as the season goes on? Like, can we expect that? Like a, a change? I don't know. But because like I, I don't want to be like, well, they're just yeah. They they all look tired, and maybe that'll change. Maybe it won't. But that's just I don't I don't know. But it is really concerning because um, they all look tired. If there was a game to have energy, this is it. Like you your home opener, yeah. you know, fans in the stands make something happen. And it was just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know. It's, it's also, I feel like the expectations are, of this game were so high. And so, you know, not to get a single goal and not to like look like you were hungry out there. It, it even if it was only slightly like that, it, 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 you know, exasperates the whole thing it makes you think even worse of the game and like i said going out of that game i thought it was the worst game we've had and we looked the worst possible but re-watching stuff and you know seeing an analysis from people who know the game better than i do um you know i i, I guess it's not as bad <laughs> as i thought it was but it definitely felt the worst out of all these games and yeah. charlotte we haven't beat them at all how how have we not beat charlotte how's that a thing like that's stupid <laughs> they're not the greatest team. It's just I don't understand it. Like they're not that a, is like stupid. A, a fantastic game or a team. So how have we not beat them? And to be up a man near the end there. Yeah. 
and not having it, it, it also feels in a lot of ways like it, to me at least it it feels like we're even though we're three games in, we're already being left behind like tampa beats us three what three three nil right or was it three yeah. one three nil three nil and then what tampa goes on and beats phoenix right or something and like yeah. I, like so you know when in my mind it was like okay, we're going to be challenging for the time you know we're one of the best teams in the east and now we have after three games we have one point don't look that great tampa beat us three now and they went out and beat phoenix and it's just like it feels like we have a mountain to climb and and you know we haven't there have been moments where it's like all right cicerone cicerone has a good shot on him like dixon looks lively every once in a while but like i don't know once again dequa didn't really impress me that much um I, yeah, our midfield looks kind of flat. Our defense isn't filling me with a ton of confidence. I mean, that's the other thing. We always talk about, like, no matter who's in the back line or no matter who's back there, like, Lily's defense is going to be great. Haven't kept a clean sheet yet. And, you know, we've we've given up five goals in, in three games. And, you know, that's, that's, that's not that's good. That's very concerning. <laughs> I mean, out of all of this, that's my most concerning thing is the fact that this is not the type of defense we're used to seeing from – Lily side like I did not look up how many goals we had against us in all those games uh the f- first three games of the you know Lily era but I I definitely feel like we're letting in more goals than we ever have uh especially compared to like last year uh year before that but like okay we haven't talked about it yet I don't know if we should but hey refs USL <laughs> like right before that goal against us like hey that that looked like a foul that looked like maybe a handball i couldn't really see it that well but uh didn't look good it did not look good and i yeah. feel like multiple people yelling var is never a good sign <laughs> after <laughs> right before a goal so you know yeah yeah, yeah. it was a bit weird I, I could i don't know i to me i could have I, I could have seen it go either way and so i'm trying to consciously remove as much bias as possible but um like, yeah, you've definitely seen them given. Yeah. So Steve just made the point in the chat. And thanks to everybody. There's tons of messages here in the chat. Steve just made the point. Every player that started in defense is new to the hounds in the system. And I get that. But how long do we give that a pass for? Like five games? Like how long does the defense get to figure out the system before we say, like, we got to try something else because this just isn't working? And I, I don't know what that number is. Kev, to your point, what I think we're currently second from the bottom in the Atlantic table, which again, oh, yeah, it's three games, three but games, I yeah. get it. But um, at this no, point, but, like kind of similar to that though, if we still have, you know, hopes and ideas that this is going to be one of the best teams in the East, you know, it's not an infinite season. Like three games is still three games and it's, you know, it's, I don't know. So it, eventually, and and I know in the past we've gone on runs, but it's still, then we have to just like hope and expect that we're going to go on some run in the middle of the season. And it's, you know, it's not as, it's not always that easy. Yeah. <sighs> Todd Warden out. That's what I said. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I will say like, I didn't think, you know, in terms of, one of the things I was thinking about just sort of watching the game and, and towards the end of the game was, you know, we talked a lot in the off season about the players that we'd lost and like, okay, like we're, we're bringing in all these guys that are going to like, you know, replace these players that we lost. And really, I think there's only a few guys that were starting last night that I would say would be like 
quality starters on last year's team or the team before that. Was it um, just wait? Yeah, was it just Griffin and Velarde that were returning? I guess Dequa too, but he didn't really yeah. feel like a staple last season. Yeah. Well, I mean, and um, uh, yes, Vidiello. Yeah, and Vidiello, then no. Dover. Dover came on late, but yeah, um, yeah, but he didn't start. Um, but I'm just, I'm saying, in, I'm saying in like terms of level of play, like mm -hmm. how they actually played. Like I think, you know, Vidiello. I'm gonna like call guys out now. Vidiello. Uh, Killwine, I think, would have made last year's team. I think Griffin would have made last year's team. Maybe not the way he played last night. Um, Ciceroni, Perez. Um, you just love Perez. Give me a reason not to. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like the dude has showed up so far. So I. I but I'll, beyond that, I'll, like I'm like, I haven't seen enough of the other guys to think that they would have started over somebody like Duba or Mensa or. Um, you know, anybody else oh, that he had in that lineup. And and already too, I mean, you're just mentioning the kind of levels that they hit. Once again, I think Griffin, for his age, for his experience level, and for what he's being asked to do in the midfield, I think he he still has a lot of upside. He has a lot of room to grow. And I think he's still a really good player and, and should be in the lineup if he has the right supporting cast around him in the midfield. But he's our captain, you know, last in the previous game. And it also kind of maybe puts a nod to maybe, especially in the absence of Forbes, there's there's a lack of, of leadership and commander like you know presence on the field that kind of knits everything together. I mean, we've talked what we talked about last year, you know, the likes of Vonky Azil or Ryan James, you know, being Lily's mouth. Not that he needs a mouth on the field because he's loud <laughs> enough for it, but um, you know, to help carry out those instructions. Um, you know, Griff, Griffin's definitely not going to be that mouth. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, maybe maybe he is a strong leader in, in the dressing room. I mean, it seems like people like him, and he's really chill, and he's cool, and that's great. Um, and maybe that works for this team and this group of players. But I thought that was – I remember seeing it and thinking – like or like initially, like, okay, yeah, he's, he's a good player. I like him. He seems he's – a, he's a good person. But then I'm like, but really? Like – Danny Griffin, captain of uh, this team. Like, <laughs> listen, I, I asked Lily at the press conference last week. I said, you know, how no Kenny? Like, how do you replace that? And he just sort of laughed it off, like, ah, it's really hard to replace Kenny's leadership. And we got a lot of guys that are going to step up. And it was like your typical, like, sure. you know, it was your answer. Um, but was Josh yeah. Gat injured or anything? Like, he wasn't on the bench at all, from what I'm seeing. Like, I I noticed he did come in, so I was like, oh, curious. Maybe maybe Lily was upset that he was harping at the refs at the end of the Hartford game. I mean, that's what Josh Cat does. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we've heard that from multiple sources and yeah. seen it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So uh, I get. I mean, like, just kind of wrapping up my thoughts on this game. I I still think we have the raw materials to make a very well functioning team that can eventually gel and click later in the season. It's just they're not gelling and clicking right now. Let me let me ask you guys this. And this is obviously we're three games in, so none of this is actually weighted, but this is based purely on feeling at this point. What do you think is more, considering how the team looks right now, what do you think is more likely? That we easily don't make the playoffs, that we are battling for a fourth playoff spot, or we are battling for the top of our division. 
I mean, based Josh, off of nothing other than these three games, obviously. And yeah, I, I find it hard to believe that we won't pull it together and make the playoffs. I don't think we'll be battling to get into the playoffs, but I don't see any reason to believe that we will be battling for the top. Kev, do you agree with that? Generally, yeah. I mean, I, I think to just echo what Josh just said, um, Lily's track record with never missing the playoffs. Um, as I mentioned, like individually, I think all of the, a lot of these players are good. And, yeah. and so that kind of combining with each other, you know, Lily's experience and, and quality and management and the raw materials being there, I have to believe that, you know, this will eventually come good. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> but it, I think it, it needs to happen sooner than later. I, I agree with you guys. I don't think based on what we're seeing right now, I think we make the playoffs. I think we pull it together, but battling for the top short of us, you know, going on some crazy runs, which obviously could happen. But that also, I think, shows where the mindset is just three games into the season where we're like, Tampa, like we're, we got Tampa. We're, we're going to take it. Ah, they beat us the first game. No big deal. Then you draw to Hartford when you probably should have won and you lose to Charlotte at home. You start to look around and go, there are some other really good teams in the division. And like, this may not be as easy as we thought. Um, Go ahead, Josh. Okay. okay. (laughs) I was going to say like, again, this is totally the reason why I say we'll make the playoffs and not that we'll be battling into the playoffs has nothing to do with what I've seen on the field. Cause right now, like, you know, with no history involved with not knowing Lily, with not knowing what he's capable of producing or getting his guys to produce or, you know, any of that type of stuff there's no reason to believe that we make the playoffs. Like there's nothing on that field right now that makes me go, Oh yeah, we'll get it. Like I, this is completely based off of having Lily. faith in the system and what we've seen in the past. Like, it, so like, yeah, it very well could be battling for the playoffs, but yeah. I don't think so. I, I keep thinking about, I, I don't know. I'm frustrating myself in this conversation because I'm constantly like just contradicting myself um, <laughs> because every time I like, I lean into them a bit hard. I think of, I think of just from perspective that you could, you could look at it and things could be a lot more rosy. For example, I mean, yeah, we're two minutes away from a win against Hartford where, you know, I mean, you know, Charlotte goes down, goes down 10 men with 25 minutes left and they score off of really to me one of their only clear cut chances you know in a different if we play that game 100 times maybe we at least draw you know 70% of the time and you know win the other 25 or something so you know in in a in a game in a season of of moments it feels like we keep falling on the wrong side of them um yeah it i don't think it takes a huge jump to, to all of a sudden where, you know, we get three points against Hartford and at least a draw against Charlotte. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's put this game to, to bed. Um, and we're going to take Joe's cue here, uh, who is so excited for the Red Bull match guys. We, uh, we head to New York, New Jersey, wherever we're headed on Friday, uh, to play the baby bulls, um, at MSU soccer park at seven, seven thirty PM, seven thirty, maybe seven. I need to go back and double check that. 
Somebody check my time and tell me why I'm wrong. Um, but it's Friday night. So like, don't think like, oh, Saturday soccer day. Nope, you're going to miss it. So Friday night, watch the game. The Baby Bulls have played five games so far. We only have three. They played five. They have two draws to Charleston. They've already played Charleston twice. So them in the battery, they drew 1-1 and then 2-2 most recently. They lost to Hartford in Miami, and they beat Loudon. So... Right now, I went back and I watched some of the highlights from their games. They got a quick top three. Um, they got so Mitchell and, and Lacavara. Um, our defense is going to have to be good, otherwise, this is this this has the potential to be a sort of high-scoring match. You know, hopefully the Hounds can put a few away as well. But this is, this is homecoming for Kilwine, right? Yes. Well, I mean, he played for them last year, so like homecoming. But yeah. Right. Um, so my question to you guys is, I think obviously we want to see points because we're going to start running out of time to get points, but beyond that, what are you most hoping to see in this game? Like, is it, is it a certain stat? Is it a shutout? Is it, you know, proof that the defense is gelling? Like, what are, what are we looking for? I feel like what we've seen so far with the teams we played is really good defense. Uh, from those teams and able to shut us down. And this game has a potential not to have that. Like you have a lot of young guys. Like, I don't feel like Red Bulls are known for the defense. So this could very well be a game where we actually get to see goals happen for the Hounds, confidence built there, and just be able to see that link up play that they're trying to build and that they're going for this season. So I don't think it's going to be zero, zero, and it probably will be now, but uh, (laughs) I, I do think we're probably going to let in a goal as well. Like I don't expect us to have a clean sheet after this, but I, I would be very surprised if the hounds don't put at least two in. Kev, what are you, what are you looking for in this game? I just, I, in, in, in the past game, especially, especially when Charlotte goes down to 10 men, it just felt like too often we, we didn't, when we had the ball, we didn't know how to, you know, we didn't have a plan of how we were going to get it in the back of their net. And it just, it felt like a lot of the time we were just kind of hoping and guessing and, you know, give it to Ciceroni or give it to, you know, Dixon and they'll do something with it, which, you know, I, I like I've, I've enjoyed watching Dixon and Ciceroni and Williamson so far with little individual moments, but like, yeah, it's just, it's too much of a reliance on that. So I just, I, I don't know. I want to see more of a kind of connected, idea of not forcing things when they're not on but then also playing with some urgency when we need to and um i don't know it, it could be just something you know everyone's still trying to figure out what lily wants them to do um and i'm hoping over the over this game and, and the next few you know that starts becoming a lot more clear and obvious yeah yeah i think i, I i'd like to just see us keep saying progressing because I think all of us sort of don't want to accept the fact that this team has hit their ceiling yet. So I think just more movement, more communication, um, a couple of these things that it seems like they're trying to do start to pay off and they're going to start paying off at some point. Josh, I think you're right. I think this is the the team that you, you got a shot to put a few away. Um, and you know, maybe maybe this is a crazy fun times game that we've been talking about for years where the Hounds win like 4-2 or something like that. And we're just like, what just happened? Um, but I think especially this early, 
you know, I just want to, I want to keep seeing progress. The, I guess the question in my mind is how long can we keep saying that we want to see progress before we're like, okay, like we should be beating teams the way Tampa beats teams now. Um, is it, is it five games? Is it, is it 10 games? Like, I don't know. So we should, I, we, should, we should be used to this by now. We should I, know like, okay, seven <laughs> games in is when Lily uh, hits a stride. And yeah, the, uh, we always have the rule, like what, 10 games. I don't look at the table until 10 games in or something like that. So like, yeah. it's, it, it's going to take a while for us to actually know what this team is uh, in three games is, you know, not nearly long enough. Uh, so I'm not, I'm, I, but I will say like five games in, you kind of should have a feel for like what to expect. So five games would be this Friday against New York Red Bulls and then Wednesday against Loudon. So we don't got much longer to figure that out. Um, if we draw this game and like don't beat Loudon, like uh, I think in the back of my mind, that's what I've been playing on, right? Like, so Red Bulls played five games. The only one they win is, is against Loudon. Like, and I, historically, yeah, we, we've like, well, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I assume we beat Loudon last last year because it's loud. Um, <laughs> but so like in my head, I'm like, you know what? Fine. These first three or maybe four games are going to be frustrating and, and we're going to struggle. We're going to kind of try to find our identity, but at least we'll have three points against Loudon. Like if we don't, get, <laughs> we don't, if we don't beat Red Bulls and if we don't get a result against Loudon, then uh, I'm looking for that, for that button that Josh said uh, hasn't been pushed yet. <laughs> Listen, I I'm going to ask you guys for a score prediction. As ridiculous as it sounds, um, I just said that I thought it would be four two. Based on what we've seen, I Us? think I'm much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm going to change that. I'm going to say I think I'm much more realistic as like a three three, where we're like, oh, we do have some offensive power, but we still got a lot of problems we got to dress up, and it's still just one point. So I'm going to say three three. Josh, what are you saying? I mean, I'm going to be the optimistic one, and I'm going to say 3-2. Cavs, obviously. Man, I like both your games a lot more than mine. 0-1. Uh, <laughs> zero, 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 I, I mean, zero, be, zero, negative one. Is this is my optimism, <laughs> is 1-1. One, one. I think I think it'll be 1-1. Uh, I think it'll be one, one. I think we'll get a goal, but oh, the, the I search like for... I your reality. I, I know, <laughs> I know. The search for a clean sheet continues. Oh, that's That would be frustrating. We have negative four goals right now. <laughs> Sorry, I just looked because I was curious about Loud in, in their history, and I was like, "Oh, that's depressing." That's yeah. funny. Our goal differential is negative four. Well, I don't. But I don't it's wanna, all right. We're 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 <laughs> we're. I don't want to end like this. Lily, Lily, Lily has never not made the playoffs. We're you know two minutes away from beating Hartford, and. You know, this is the five, you know, out of the hundred times, this is the one game that we don't beat Charlotte in this scenario. Well, I mean, we've never beat Charlotte. We've so never beat Charlotte. So <laughs> no, 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 no. In, say that. In, in this scenario, like, gotcha. you know, yeah. our XG was two, theirs was one. They got on 10 men with 25 minutes to go. We don't score. This is our home opener. I mean, like, you know, I don't know. All, all of this is really evidence for how bad our performance was. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Like, we're pointing at all of this stuff, but then, like, there's still the product on the field. So, we'll be good. Okay. We'll be good. We gotta, we'll we have gotta, this conversation again after Loudon. We'll have this we gotta, We got to, yeah, we got to, we got to leave on a high note. So, I think the high note is like in Lily. Lily, we, Lily will make the playoffs. Oh, in we'll Lily, we trust for until we learn otherwise um, because he hasn't let us down yet. So, I think we got to stick with that. Um, 
And this was the best game of the season so far. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) according to Lily. But, you know, immediately what I think of, Kev, is your whole stance of like when the team gets down, he's always the one that's like, no, it wasn't that bad. No, it's true. And when they're really high, he's like, you guys did awful. You got to lock it down. And so when he's like, this is the best game of the season, I'm like, ooh, no, guys, that's (laughs) not great. In a little bit of defense there, uh, when he says that, okay, when he goes to the press conference, you're right. But you can tell how long he keeps the players on the field after the game. And honestly, he didn't keep them that long. Like it wasn't like a situation after this game where he was like yelling at them for 20 minutes. Um, And he had no time limit because there was no fans coming on the field for autographs because of COVID. So like he, he could have kept them out there for, you know, half an hour uh, yelling at them and he didn't. So that's a good sign. I think. But see, like as a parent, I'm like, I, I go the opposite direction. Like, is he so disappointed? He's like, I don't even want to talk to you right now. Like, I'm so disgusted. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Paycheck depends on stuff. I, I feel like, <laughs> this, unlike this being true. a parent, yeah. <laughs> he can't just yeah. throw his hands up in the air going like, well, I guess That's right. I failed. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Maybe we'll have to ask Liz to ask him that at the uh, press conference tomorrow. <laughs> Jeez. Were you just disappointed in the guys? Is that why you didn't keep him on the field? Okay. Let's wrap this up, guys. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about in this one? It's good to have a home game, even if it was a crappy one like that, as far as the results. But it was uh, it was awesome to see everyone at Highmark Stadium, have fun, hang out, lose my voice, as you can tell during this podcast. And, uh, yeah, can't wait to do it again. Agreed. Um, looking forward to many more fun games at Highmark Stadium to come, for sure. Um, obviously best of luck to the guys this Friday as they travel to New York. We will have another show between that one and Loudon. So we will recap the Red Bulls game and go from there. Um, so yeah, thanks to everybody who listened and joined us. And thanks to everybody who left comments in the chat, tons of comments this week, which was fantastic. Lots of great stuff. We really appreciate it. Make sure everybody heads over to mongols.com, click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. We're still bouncing around ideas for what it is we're going to get for our Patreon followers. We talked about scarves. I found a couple places that do some sick hats. I, we gotta, we gotta nail it down. But we will come up with something, I promise. Um, and it will be just like everything else we put together. So, weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter, and obviously a huge thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. You can custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves. Dot com. Tired of the same old uniform or cookie cutter template from Nike or Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Looking for more great USL news? Head over to the BGN.FM where we've now got over 100 fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Check them out at BGN.FM. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you very, very soon. See ya. Later.